Assalamualaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. We are streaming at WCEV1450.com. And you can keep up with us on social media by following and liking our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. And also take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. And you'll find us there at that same username at Radio Islam USA. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsors, IFN and ICN, that's Islamic Foundation North and Islamic Center of Naperville for their continued support. Thank you very, very much. All right, family, I am pleased to have joining us on the line, Radio Islam culture contributor, uh, Sister Layla Abdullah-Poulos. Of course, you all know that she is an award-winning author. She is an uh, a literary critic, uh, adjunct professor, uh, racial justice uh, trainer, and a whole lot more. But we are here to talk Ramadan, the recap, and, and whatever else comes up. So, assalamu alaikum, Layla. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. So, um, yeah, so where do we, so we talked about, last time we talked, we talked a bit about some of the disconnecting, I guess, elements or factors that, that can exist during Ramadan, particularly we talked about the Black Iftar. But now just looking at Ramadan as a whole, uh, now we're, what are we, what are we, four days, five days into Shawa? Um Yeah. Yeah. So look yeah, Everyone at, should be getting ready to do their six days. This is day one. <laughs> I, I don't pulosis, normally broadcast. The <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this this is day one for me. I was like, okay, if I don't, if I don't start uh, soon, it's just going to, you know, it, it'll... It goes up. so fast. That Shawal sh- goes so quick. And it's just like, wait, I didn't get my six days. <laughs> right. And they're so important. But you're just like, I didn't, wait, Shawal, wait, there's only five days left. <laughs> right. <laughs> only after three. Yeah. Can I fast 24 hours? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Pulos household is starting to hop. You know, like, Papa Bear is just like, okay, so it's been a week. Mm-hmm. Let's get it together. Is it going to be Sahur tomorrow, Layla? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For everyone. Yeah, we, 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 we on, uh, Ella means we're in on it. Uh, this was, this was our day one. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. So inshallah, everybody, uh, with God's permission, everybody that is looking to get those, the benefit of those six days, um, uh, one of the, the narrations of the prophet, peace and prayers be upon him, is that uh, for whoever uh, fasts six days during the month of Shawwal, is it as if he has fasted uh, the entire year? That's one narration. I've heard another. Uh, well, anyway, I really don't have to give you a bunch of different narrations, but the point is there's great benefit, great blessing if you're able to yeah. do so. So let's rewind and get back to what were some of the key, uh, some of the key events uh, that took place during Ramadan that that really stood out to you? Well, you know, every Ramadan, um, I think that a lot of Muslims uh, here in the United States, one of the things that we kind of do is we prepare for the fundraising deluge that's going to happen, and, which is a wonderful thing because, you know, the Prophet Islam was the most generous during Ramadan. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times Muslims uh, uh, seek to uh, really become more generous during Ramadan, and it's a great opportunity for organizations that are doing a lot of great work to start getting funding right. and uh, to so that they can continue their work through the year. And so one of the things that I, I always try to do is I try to kind of like organize 
the organizations, you know, because there there's always more and more. But I always kind of look at the organizations whose work I admire uh, and mo- the most, and how it is that they're contributing something new and essential mm-hmm. to uh, Muslims in, in in the country. And so there were some great organizations that had their fundraisers. There was Mosin, uh which is uh, for uh, developmentally disabled Muslims, and uh, really about uh, raising awareness and access to facilities so they do some really great stuff they had like this whole thing I, I like I have uh, friends who have children on the spectrum and so they sent them Ramadan uh, boxes and stuff like that so that was great there was heart women and girls uh, uh, a great organization uh, that raises awareness about uh, sexual health mm-hmm. and uh, sexual violence so you know their, their work is really really essential so uh, I, I love the fact that they had a fundraiser as well of course, Muslim Anti-Racism Collaborative. You know, I never, I, I can't even imagine giving as much as I've gotten from mm. being a member of that organization. Wow. Their work is so critical and important. I never, I, I say it all the time. It's like, I, whatever it is that I do, however much I give, I just feel like it's not enough. Because they're, you know, learning with them and working with them has been so liberating for me as a black Muslim woman and has uh, led to me really being able to solidify my, my, my own hum- humanity for myself and uh, purge any of, uh, as, much, as much of any kind of internalized racism and bias that I've been trained to, uh, to embody. Mm-hmm. Doubt is just like it's just been like so critical. So it's like I never can give enough to <laughs> yeah. the look of anti-racism collaborative. You know what? I want to take a and moment then, to ask mm-hmm. you on that because you know we've had, of course, you know we've talked with um, you know Namira and uh, Marguerite um, in the past. But as someone who is working in the capacity that you are as a, as a trainer, uh, and, mm-hmm. and 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 directly related to the statement you just made about recognize your own biases. Um, could you talk about, talk, just kind of give a little bit of an insight to that process for you and maybe, and whatever you're comfortable sharing, um, what were some of those biases that, that, that you recognized? Okay. Well, you know, and that was the thing. It's just like we, I kind of drifted through a lot of my life, especially like my Muslim life, mm-hmm. uh, including my Muslim life, not especially with like this sense of something that it felt wrong i didn't know how to i didn't know what it was exactly i didn't know how to articulate it but it felt wrong when i was treated a certain way in uh in 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 muslim spaces in higher education uh you know i i I didn't know really how to articulate it i did i did um my uh work in uh critical race theory and women and gender studies kind of coincided with muslim art and so what it did for me, what Muslim was able to do for me was I was able to see not only those things, but articulate them and see the subtle distinctions inside and outside of Muslim culture. So, you know, I recognize that, you know, I, I, I'm a part of this white supremacist structure mm-hmm. and there's certain messaging that I've gotten, you know, I, I, I'm not immune to it, you know, and so... Based on that messaging, I've I've uh, 
consider things a certain way. Sometimes it's just like an immediate response or reaction to it. And so I, in that case, I need to now recognize that and be actively anti-racist uh, in a sense of seeing that bias and understanding that bias. You know, we all have like these great intentions, but without the knowledge that you need to, to understand how it is that these systems have affected you as an individual and familiarly, socially, then they, we often can cause more damage than, than uh, uh, more harm than good. Mm. And so I find that, that the education that I got at the Muslim Anti-Racial Collaborative was essential in doing that and understanding it and also in articulating it so that, you know, my, for me, primarily my, the, the assertions and articulations that I make, the work that I do uh, outside of Muslim Racism Collaborative with NBA Muslims and, 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 and my work as an author is really to address and empower my people. You know, right. <laughs> and, and and that could be that get that could be different people at different times because I have all these social intersections, and so um, that's first and foremost. But but with that empowerment, then they're able to articulate, and we're able to look at the the the, the dominant society and members of it that are privileged by it, and have the confidence to assert ourselves and assert our humanity, which is a very scary thing to people, but it's something that's just so necessary. I hope I didn't, did it, was that convoluted? No, no, not at all. <laughs> and I know that was that was off the, off the cuff, but I felt that that was a really uh, interesting point uh, that, that would, so, I, that I felt would help to explain the value of the work that Muslim Arc does, so. Oh no, definitely there's, yeah. I mean, membership, can uh, membership provides so much? It, it, it provides uh, educational opportunities for, for the individual, but it also extends into the work that Muslim Art does and training trainers that can go out and facilitate workshops and and provide educational platforms inside and outside of Muslim communities. I mean, uh, we we've done. Um, uh, various institutions, higher education, higher education institutions, Muslim institutions. You know, we've conducted uh, workshops with other social justice groups. So it, that it's very, very important because it, it, there are very unique distinctions mm -hmm. when it comes to American Muslim culture and uh, layers of Islamophobia, racism, white supremacy, colonialism. Mm -hmm. So it, it, understanding that becomes critical and crucial in us progressing and resisting against all of these things that are thrown at us on a daily basis. Right. Now, for those of you who maybe got lost as to how we got into this, right, as we're talking about Ramadan and how um, this is a month where Muslims look to be extremely, they want to give more, we want to be more charitable. So this is where you have the majority of your fundraising going on. And Muslim Ark was mm -hmm. one of those organizations who also, yeah. you know, said, look, support us. We're worthy. Uh, so that's how we got here. And also looking at and the they have hmm? Go ahead. And they have, they, during Ramadan, they had a Ramadan, they have an anti-Ramadan anti-racism guide available, okay, for a Muslim sort. Because we do hear a lot, you know, uh, especially black Muslims are becoming more and more uh, vocal 
about the discrimination that they experience and the microaggressions that uh, adversely affect them during Ramadan. And so Muslim Market does provide uh, a, a Ramadan anti-racism guide so that people who want to do better have an opportunity to learn how they can do better in those spaces. You know what I find really interesting about that? First of all, that's, that is a wonderful thing that they are providing. It's something that can only be beneficial to those folks who realize that uh, who realize the toxicity of mm. American society and how um, how race uh, consciousness, how white supremacy, how these things are so much uh, just woven into our normal normal interactions and observations of of what's supposed to supposed to be and what's not supposed to be. So mm -hmm. um, I think starting right there, right? So folks, these types of programs or these types of offerings, they only will do you, uh, they're only gonna do you any good if you first recognize that there's a problem with society that has to be addressed. And we're replicating those problems quite often inside of, uh, inside the Masajid. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Up, the coffee. You know, so the work they do is great. And then there's uh, the uh, another organization that I think they don't ask for a lot of money. And I, I'm always like, they need to be fully funded. If not double the funding every single year. They only ask for $500. And it's for a, a great literary initiative to provide Muslim-centered books for children in Islamic schools in, in uh, urban areas. And I think that is so important because time and again, you know, I always talk about the importance of representation. We recognize that uh, in, in the broader Muslim society, in the broader culture, and so this is an opportunity to do so. And so I think that they need to definitely be funded. Mm -hmm. And I always try to work to make sure that they're funded. They did get fully funded, so alhamdulillah. Oh, great, great. But I just think it's just like one of those really small but very, very important initiatives that, you know, we can, uh, and, and I mean, these books are something that can benefit children uh, over and over and over and over again. Inshallah, so I just, just really think it's a really, really uh, critical initiative. So I try to focus on those types of uh, organizations and, you know, of course, my local mosque, which like had this huge fundraiser because they're trying to expand. And I, I wrote an article about that because it's mm. just like, it's just growing. Everything is growing. Uh, you know, Alhamdulillah, Islam is growing in the United States mm -hmm. and Muslims are developing all these wonderful and uh places of worship uh uh, uh, so, uh organizations that address all of these social issues in ways that uh progress uh us as an ummah and that, so i just think it's really really important to to support them and ramadan is one of those opportunities that we get to get all of these extra blessings so I try to just organize it so it's like, okay, these are the ones that I have, and these are the mm. ones I want to give, because Layla's pockets do have an end. You know, sometimes <laughs> they just get empty. <laughs> hey, you know what the wonderful thing, though? The wonderful thing about um, uh, about the month of uh, Ramadan is that you're not eating, right? You're not, you're not going out to lunch. You're not, you know, yeah. some, so you, you can... You can put that to some good use, which is great. But even even still, that does have an end to it. Uh, there are limits uh, as well. So I mean, there's so many great, there's so many great opportunities to give and support that 
mm-hmm. at the end of the end uh, end of the day, we end up sometimes feeling like, man, I didn't do enough, or I wish I had more. Yeah, you know, but yeah, yeah. Well, Allah's out of and so you give That's what right. you can. That's right. You know, and alhamdulillah, I believe all of them were fully funded. They all reached their 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 funding goals. Um, uh, this year, I, I I believe I'd have to double check. I know Muslim Art did, Muslim Girls did, and Muslim did. Okay, at least the the person that was fundraising for them and I donated to. Like I know that they reached their goal. There are other great organizations, um, uh, and uh, you know every Ramadan, like I look and I try to see what everyone is doing, and I try to give as much as I can. And I think that's what everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, like I'm not eating, so I'm not having that lunch. So why not just give that five ten dollars? And and you know it's it's with the law and it's yeah. have an organization do stuff and and you know these these organizations doing some really great stuff I mean even during Ramadan you know it was really great you know social media sometimes for someone like me who really does not have access in in places of worship to really engage in um, any kind of lecturing or anything like that during Ramadan you know I have like, like little ones and stuff like that and that kind of like hinders my ability to do that, you know, a hundred other organizations that have been uh, putting out things on social media, mm-hmm. you know, that's why, you know, like, I don't know what, I, I understand why people want to kind of be like, oh, it's Ramadan, I want to be on social media, but you miss out on a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> During yeah. Ramadan, I mean, like, Yakin Institute, they, like, with Omar Suleiman, they had, like, that uh, Knowing Allah series, which is really, really great. Yasir Birgis at um, Valley Ranch, Valley Ranch Institute. It's in Texas, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it had the nice nightly katara and everything like that. And then the two of them came together, and they had this like really wonderful talk about about worship that was just really really inspiring and empowering, uh, especially for me as you know at one point as a not like Arabic Arabic is not my native language. English is my native language, mm-hmm. and just to have uh, Yasser Bir just kind of like encourage people to make dua in their native language to, to increase that connection to Allah. You know, we're oftentimes, you know, like discouraged from using our native language in any capacity when it comes to applying our faith, right. uh, acts of worship. So it's just like, you know, there's certain things that are, you know, definitely Arabic. And so it's just like leads to this whole thing where everything has to be Arabic type of thing. So what about if you really just want to like cry to Allah? Right. You know, I can't really just cry to Allah in Arabic. That's not my native tongue. I can't really come really, really deep down from my heart. You know, even though, even though I do understand the duas, it's still not the same thing. Right. And so that was just like very, very liberating. Oh my God, Sapelo Square. And those wonderful, the Jews reflections that they had. Yes. Uh, yes. During the month were like so completely cool. Uh, and inspiring as well. Uh, Rabada had some stuff. It was like really cool to be on social media and have access to the stuff because I was feeling kind of like bleh. <laughs> you know what's odd? We had, I we didn't had talked hear, about that. I did not hear much um, this year about I'm going to be off social media. I, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I remember last year that was a very yeah. present statement. Folks signing off a day before. You know, I'm out, mm-hmm. I'll see you after Ramadan. I did not see that very much this time. As a matter of fact, yeah. the same folks that I normally see or interact with, uh, they were there throughout the entire month. And I think it's more, it's it's so, so much more about utilizing things in a way that reaffirm 
and strengthen that connection that we have, you know. Yeah. Um, you know. I mean, I completely understand the challenge because sometimes I would go on and some of the stuff I would see on my, my timeline, I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it can be very, very deflating. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, you have to learn how to kind of like skip past those things and look at the great stuff that's going on, the great stuff that Muslims are doing, you know. I really wouldn't have known about how big Black Iftar had gotten. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, you know what? There's another, there's another, I guess you can call it an offering. Uh, there's a sister, uh, Fitra Muhammad, out of D.C., mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. began study uh, study Al Islam, and they have different presenters every day of the you know uh, during Ramadan. As a matter of fact, I think they may have two presenters, maybe one in the morning, one in the evening. Uh, but at the very least, I know it's a daily presentation, usually before Fajr prayer, and um, it's brothers or or sisters, right? So uh, and folks will give a reflection on a particular topic, and I've heard nothing but great stuff about it. Uh, and unfortunately, when I realized what time was, I was not able to, you know, participate, but I've heard just wonderful things about it. So all that to say is that we have so many different offerings uh, that, that people are giving and saying that during this month, you know, we st- we still got you, you know, so you don't have to you don't have to literally go into the hole. Um, yeah. You know, and I'll say this quickly also, is that one of the things I walked away from Ramadan with, and I think I always walk away with it and then kind of fades away a little bit, but that the month is not about, like, removing yourself from society. It's really about mm-hmm. how do you function optimally with the mm-hmm. with the proper amount of uh, consciousness, God consciousness, that's going to allow you to to be able to navigate all of the mess that's out here. You know, I think, you know, so that's that's one of the things uh, for me, like when it comes to the social media or whatever else, how do you how do you use that thing to strengthen that tie? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it is a month about connections because, you know, there is an opportunity to step back in, from society in a certain way, oh, yeah. but yeah, those those communal connections definitely become important. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why, um, oh, I'll bring them up now. <laughs> uh, the organization Embrace, uh, the Embrace Project from mm. ICNA, yeah. which was founded by two uh, uh, Muslims who converted to Islam, mm-hmm. and they really center uh, Muslims who converted to Islam. Um, it becomes very, very important because a lot of times they find themselves alone. And I mean, you could be a new Muslim and you could have been a Muslim for a long time, but you know, a lot of times they find themselves isolated and alone during Ramadan. So they have these, they have these events, uh, that center, uh, new Muslims and, and, and Muslims who converted to Islam. And I think that's really, really important because oftentimes they go ignored. Uh, a, a lot of that goes ignored. I know that um, we try to have um, something in, in at our house as well. And even like sometimes we all, like my husband, all like sometimes we have like a foster uh, child mm-hmm. <laughs> during Eid because my husband is like double checking to make sure all the new Muslims have like, like they're doing something. Then oh, I just like going. <laughs> so sometimes it's just like, okay, well, you know what? 
oh well, oh brother so and so or sister so and so. They just they just want they're just going home. They don't have anything to do. So either we'll take them under our wing, or there's all you know. Alhamdulillah, there's a a, a bunch of uh, uh, Muslims that will kind of be like, oh no, yeah, come hang with us, come hang with us. Or, you know, come have dinner with us, come have breakfast with us. Like, come have lunch with us, like that type of thing. Yeah. So that they're not completely and totally alone because that can be a very isolating thing. I didn't have that in my experience. I was fortunate enough to have a family to kind of like take me in. And so I was like at all the Ramadan events with them and I was at all the eat events with them and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I can't imagine how lonely that must feel unless yeah. you choose to be alone. Mm-hmm. So I think that the work uh, for, with organizations like Embrace is like really, really important. And then they will open chapters. So, you know, like you can have them in all these different communities. So just like Black Iftar exploded, I'm hoping like these Embrace chapters <laughs> kind of explode and go all over the country. Yeah. And then we can kind of like uh, have like the support because there's, there's a lot of support that's needed when you uh, enter into this phase. Because oftentimes, you know, I mentioned once, you end up, you're alone. You know, your family and friends often don't understand, mm-hmm. like, this journey that you're making. And so the the touchstone that you do have is the Muslim community. And if they're not there for you, you're just kind of, like, drifting off into nowhere. And that can be very, very uh, uh, demoralizing. And it can adversely affect your faith. So I think it's really, really important to kind of like center that and just be like, you know what, we need to support our fellow uh, our Muslim brothers and sisters. And it's part of the prophetic tradition. When the uh, uh, Muhajirs went to Medina, mm-hmm. you know, the Prophet Islam had a Muhajir and Ansar link up together because you need that support. You can't, yeah. <laughs> this is a new city for them. And it's like, you need that support. This is a new faith. This is a new culture. And, and, and you definitely need that support. So I think their work is really, really important. So it was like a lot of great stuff <laughs> during Ramadan. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, alhamdulillah, indeed. Indeed. Um, what I really want to, I guess I'm trying to be more mindful, you know, each day um, of not losing that connection. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't want it to sound like more dramatic than it really is, but 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 there's there's a certain sweetness um, uh, and it ain't every day. Right. It's not every day, but there, mm-hmm. there, there are days where during the during the month you just feel uh, for me. I don't want to speak to nobody else. I felt really I felt centered. I felt connected. I felt, um, you know, I just felt right. Like I was. You know, you're living in purpose, right? And that's the thing yeah. that um, you want to carry with you, you know, throughout throughout mm-hmm. the year. So, you know, uh, I think it's going to be like, you know, we'll we'll be back in uh in, you know, we'll be three months out, four months out, and still having maybe five or ten minutes where we touch back to Ramadan, right? Just to say, don't forget it. <laughs> Don't forget it. Yeah, because because it is an important month, and, so, and, and there were some great things that happened during the month. And like a lot, there's an opportunity for great connections to happen. And when those connections happen, they definitely do last throughout the year. Whether it's like an internal spiritual connection that you can ride that high. I love that high. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. gotta ride that high for a while because you know, like like life is hitting you and everything, but you kind of like touch back to that. Whether it's 
uh, uh, interpersonal connections. You know, I'm still feeling like the iftar that I had at my house was just like, you know, we had all these profound and wonderful conversations and this great food and everything like that. Like that affects you and that carries you uh for a long time you know um whether it's eid you know we had all these great eid events that happened you know, i think this was this huge one mm. in philly you know in the park you know like this huge eid events and stuff like that like you know like these become very important things that because if they're not i i can say for someone that has has gone ramadans without them mm-hmm. it definitely does affect you it definitely does affect you throughout the year and it definitely affects your relationship with the month so that you end up maybe kind of like have feeling a certain way as it approaches again. So it becomes very, very important to have those opportunities, those positive interactions, those, 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 those cathartic experiences uh, mm-hmm. during the month, because it is something that does not happen in the bubble. It definitely affects your, you, your life for, until the next Ramadan. In yeah. my opinion, I, I really honestly think so, yeah. you know, and, I love that Muslims are doing such great stuff. And we continue to do it. I mean, we have the Muslim Writers and Publishers Association Conference coming up, which I'm, like, definitely looking forward to. That's another uh, example of, like, Muslims developing these networks and and connections with each other uh, that that are very, very important. I mean, our storytellers uh, should be uh, some precious people to us. Absolutely. Okay? Because they drive our narratives. Okay, and there's a dominant narrative out there that is uh, uh, conflates us with a lot of bad stuff that adversely affects us, that that we can end up internalizing ourselves and end up feeling a certain way about each other Mm -hmm. and about this faith. And so our storytellers play a significant role in resisting and combating that and producing works that um, uplift us. Okay, uh, that provide r- representation for our children. So, like you know, like I always quote uh, Swad Abdul Khabir. Mm-hmm. You know, one time I heard her say, "If you can't, if you don't see yourself, you can't love yourself." Yeah. You know, type of thing. Yeah. So, you know, our storytellers provide uh, those opportunities for us to see ourselves, for our children. You know, like that's some of the first access to Islam that they have is through the storytellers. And for non Muslims. And so it's very important. Yeah. And, and for non Muslims no- as well. To have, to have a narrative that runs counter to the, the narrative that's out there that paints Muslims as the other, as a threat, as as not a religion, mm-hmm. but as a cult. Um, you know, and, and that often is informing the speech of our elected officials or so called thought leaders who are oh, making uh, erroneous statements about Islam that are, you know, that are fanning the flames of, 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 of hatred and uh, fear, whatever, uh, against Muslims, right? This is a very, mm-hmm. this is the reality that we in. So our storytellers absolutely are tremendously important. You know what, though? We are coming to uh, the close. And of course, we always have more to talk about than we do time, which is good. Uh, so we'll have to pick it up uh, next time, but tell folks about the M- MWPA. Where's it going to be, and where do they go to get info on it's, that one? It's in the fabulous city of Detroit. Okay, Motown. I get to finally Motown. go there. Hotel, and it's on July seventh. It's a one day conference. It's ninety nine dollars, which is a great price for a conference. Mm-hmm. I just found out. Okay, authors, uh, the one and only Khalil Ismail and his team uh, at Ki Creative are going to be there taking author photos. I was like, 
Okay. So it's like, it's completely amazing. And so you can go on uh, the Muslim Writers and Publishers website, which is MuslimWritersAndPublishers.com, and uh, get your tickets because tickets are going. (laughs) And this is like a really, really wonderful event. So it's MuslimWriters-Publishers.org. Sorry, .org. So, and you can get more information about that. You can get more information about becoming a member of the Muslim Writers and Publishers Association. It's been very, very important for me as a writer. And as an mm-hmm. author, so it's a really wonderful organization. I cannot wait for this conference, okay? And um, I, I wasn't supposed to, but I am because of that that the the tweet about double dutch. I think I may bring yeah. some double dutch ropes. <laughs> Do it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. If you all are not following uh, Layla on uh, Twitter, because uh, that's what she's referencing, you need to make sure that you are uh, following her on Twitter, uh, and that is what Layla. Layla A. Pulos. At uh, uh, yeah, at Layla A. Pulos. Yeah, at Layla so, A. Pulos. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll 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 get it after you check that out. Uh, I'm going to close <laughs> by recounting and showing my gratitude for one tremendous Ramadan blessing. Um, so, as Imam of Masjid Al Taqwa, uh, we purchased our first building uh, during that blessed month. Uh, signed for it, closed on it. And we are now in the process of preparing for renovations and rehab. And with God's permission, by the end of the year, we will be moving in to the Taqwa Center for Community Excellence. And so that was one of the great blessings uh, for a community that's been, um, Mesh has been around for the past 22 years. Uh, and this is our first property. So, um very, very, very grateful. Mabruk. Yes, indeed. I mean, indeed, indeed. Thank you. All right. Um, it's wonderful. So we'll, we'll do it again soon. So, uh, Radio Islam family, we thank you for joining us. We're going to take a short break, but we will be back. This is Radio Islam on WCEV 1450 AM.